We're in a series that uh, I've called Incredible. And we're making an effort in this series of sermons to look at God's heart for people. And I've been asserting that Jesus Christ was sent to this world to reflect back to us a little bit of what God's heart looks like. I want to remind you that we have an incredible God. And he has incredible love and incredible heart for people. Jesus continually demonstrated the value of people in the way that he ministered to them. And I love the Gospels because it tells of many encounters that people had with Jesus and people that he met as he was walking through this world ministering to people. And today we're going to learn a little bit about a man by the name of Zacchaeus. Now, some of you who are old like me, uh, you may remember going to Sunday school and or church and a chorus that used to be sung about Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And I think then Jesus came a walking down the road. How? Yes. He says, Zacchaeus, come down from there for the day you'll dine with me. And that's just a real old, uh, uh, it it has a melody, and I'm not very good at that particular song. So I won't trouble you. But some of you will remember this, and you'll remember that that story. Well, we're going to look at that and visit it uh, for a while today. I have a question, though, before we get there, before we look at the scripture. When you were young or or throughout your life, have you ever had a do-over? Now, when I was a little boy and we were playing games, I don't know who made up this rule. I know it wasn't original with the Dusa household, but there was a rule that you got one do over when you were playing a game. If I was playing kickball and, and my brother pitched it to me and I, I really kicked a really bad kick, I could yell do over and it gave me the opportunity to try it again. It's like it never happened. I got to erase it. Now, in golf, there's a term called mulligan. And and uh, you'll remember mulligans if you ever golfed. Uh, I love mulligans. Usually when I golf, uh, I, I uh, try to establish with whoever I am golfing with. I would like, please, one mulligan per nine holes. Okay, so that's how we play. Got a mulligan on the way out. Got a mulligan on the way back. Because mulligans let you try again. You, hit, you put it on the tee and you hit a, a horrible shot way off to the right, which I do all the time. Then I got a chance. I have an opportunity to say, mulligan and i put one uh, through every nine holes that i get to try again i wish they did it in this golf but nobody wants to give me any mulligans in this golf it bothers me a lot but anyway one time i i remember i was at a district youth co- uh, conference or or it was a golf tournament and it was a fundraiser and there you got to buy your mulligans you get to buy them. If you pay $10, you get a mulligan. I bought five of them. I shelled out 50 bucks because I wanted to be good in the tournament. Didn't help me at all. I used them. I think I used two of them up in one hole one time. But anyway, that's, that concept is, man, you get to try it again. You mess up. You make a big mistake and you get to try it again. Uh, in the computer world, you know, you know this, uh, we have an undo button. I love that button. Um, if I do something and really mess it up, oh, I didn't mean to do that. Undo. And it goes back to before you made that mistake. And I love an undo button. But don't we all understand today that life isn't like that in any other areas except things that I've been talking about. Real life is you make a mistake, you live with the mistake. 
Isn't that true? Wouldn't it be nice if we had a magic undo button or if we had an easy button or something that would change things and make it different for us? But what happens is we say something, it's out there. And we can say, I didn't mean it and I take it back. We can say that all day long, but it, it's out there. And the reality is we live with the things that we do. Be kind of fun to have mulligans in life. But we don't really get that. Today, though, I would like to talk to you about the fact that we serve a God with such an incredible heart for people. And where we might not get mulligans in life from him, what we do get is a new beginning. We serve a God who is poised to give us a brand new beginning in life. And we're going to see this when we look at this story of Zacchaeus that you are very familiar with. And I'm asking you, put on a little bit of fresh eyes and let me just just take you somewhere. Today, you'll need to kind of paint pictures in your mind as I'm speaking to you. You kind of let the movie roll in your mind. Let's go to Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 9. Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he could not because of the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree and uh, to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, He has gone to be a guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. The New American Webster Handy College Dictionary defines the word notorious this way. Being widely but not favorably known. Widely but not favorably known. And notorious would have been a good word to describe Zacchaeus in the day that he met Jesus. Many, if not most in Jericho, knew who he was. Many of them knew him. And no one it seems, liked him. The Pharisees lumped him in with a group of people called sinners. Now, when you read that in the Bible and you see in the NIV, sinners is put in quotes. Let me try to just tell you what this group of people was, what, what designation that Zacchaeus was part of. The religious leaders, the Pharisees and other religious leaders would uh, deem some people as too far gone and unredeemable, cursed by God, never, ever having an opportunity to make things right with God and just doomed to go to hell. And Zacchaeus was known as one of them. All tax collectors to the religious leaders were considered sinners. They were considered people who were cursed by God and they didn't have a chance to be in the family of God. And Zacchaeus was placed in that that uh, category, that's how he was known. He had many more enemies than he had friends. Zacchaeus was routinely 
ostracized by his fellow Jews. He often heard unflattering, under-the-breath comments, and then some not-so-under-the-breath comments about him. And he was often the target of glares of disapproval. And frankly, Zacchaeus wasn't a very good man. The treatment he received from others was due in large part from the result of his choices that he had made earlier in life. And I'm pretty sure that most of us, had we known him, wouldn't have liked him very much either. You see, to most people, Zacchaeus was a traitor and a thief, a sinner among sinners. Let me explain the best that I can. The Jewish people at that time were under the tyranny of the Roman government, meaning the government of Rome had subjugated this nation. They had come in. They had invaded. They had killed They had put them under their Roman law. I couldn't imagine living in those circumstances. Thank God I still live in the United States of America, and we haven't had that experience. But I couldn't imagine having somebody come onto our own soil and just putting us under their government. And there are nations who would like to do that. And it happened to the nation of Israel. They were at the bidding of the Romans, and they had to obey Roman law. They hated the Romans. You and I would have a little trouble with an invading nation coming in here telling us what to do, confiscating our property, treating us like we're less than human. The Jews were not treated very well by the Romans. The Romans were cruel. Many of them had died being crucified on crosses. Crucifixion was a Roman thing. And so a lot of tyranny and a lot of dislike and, 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 and hatred was in the heart of the Jews toward the people who were subjugating them. Zacchaeus, somewhere along the line, had joined the ranks of tax collector. A tax collector, and, and the, when you read about Jewish tax collectors, here's what it was. It was a, a person who would agree with the Roman government. The Roman government would compel, find some Jewish men who would turn traitor on their own country and on their own countrymen. And here's how Zacchaeus made his wealth. The Bible says here he was wealthy. Let me tell you how he got rich. As a tax collector, what he would do is he he would come to a, a Jew's house. He would knock on the door. He would be escorted by Roman guards. He would go to that house and he would say, I see here that you owe the Roman government a hundred dollars. I'm just using a, a round figure and I'm here to collect it. But the way that he got rich was the Roman government didn't care if he collected something over and above that $100. They wanted their $100. If he could collect $300, they were fine with that. Zacchaeus got rich with the armed guards right next to him by going up to somebody and saying in his head, okay, he owes 100 I need $300 from you. And the Jewish citizen had no choice but to pay whatever amount that Zacchaeus would assign. To make matters worse for Zacchaeus, and one of the reasons why you and I would have a real issue with him, was that he wasn't just a tax collector, he was a chief tax collector. And guess what chief tax collectors got? They got a commission from every tax collector under their jurisdiction. So he got to skim off of the tax collectors. He just made sure they collected the taxes, and he made sure that he got some money from the tax collectors. And so nobody really liked him because he got his wealth from turning a tra- turning into a traitor, and he stole money. That's how he got wealthy. He stole money from his own citizens, his fellow citizens. 
He extorted and he took advantage of the protection of this ruling hostile government of his. A Jew collecting taxes for the Romans. That's what he was notorious for. Now, you and I can't even know what leads people to do the things that they do, can we? We can't. We can't. I can't tell you why he did that. It's not all that cut and dry, is it? I will know. I will note that Zacchaeus was very, very short. And perhaps as a little boy, maybe the other Jewish boys were picking on him all the time. Maybe he went through the experience of being troubled and picked on and bothered and bullied a little bit by other people. I don't know what would have caused him to think in his mind that it was a good idea at some point to extort his own people. And to collect tax money from them for the Romans. But perhaps... Something had happened in his childhood that had caused him to want to do so. You and I don't know. It's, it's a little bit complicated for us to try to understand. It's a little bit complicated for us to reason as to why he did. But somewhere along the line, something happened. Did bitterness and resentment one day lead him to become this tax collector so that he could exact some revenge? We just cannot know what's behind the decisions that people make. I can only speculate about what life was like for Zacchaeus at the time that he encountered Jesus. He was rich. But I imagine when left alone to his own thoughts, his wealth was of very little comfort to him. I would think there had to be feelings of loneliness and guilt and shame and emptiness. And I have to wonder if there were not times when he regretted his decision to collect taxes for the Romans. Problem for him was once he made that decision, he could never go back. At least that's how it felt. Couldn't have been pleasant to be widely but not favorably known by your own people. But isn't it interesting what difference one day can bring? One day Zacchaeus woke up a dishonest, traitorous thief. And on the next, he woke up a saint of God. One day he was hoarding his material possessions and in the next he had given away half of what he had to the poor. One day he justified his dishonest gain thinking I have every right to have all this money. And then within hours of that, that justification he was offering to make restitution for anybody he had cheated fourfold. In a span of really hours... He became a person who was different altogether. He hadn't used a magic button. There was no mulligan for him. What had happened to him was he was transformed by Christ and given a brand new beginning. Something new for him. The day he met and received Jesus was the day that he took an opportunity to begin again. And all of it was possible because we serve a God who loves people so much. I need to say something to you. Even if you're a person who has pushed people away and continues to to be an antisocial person and, and has done things that has ostracized you and caused others to not like you, even if you are notorious today, I need you to know that God loves you. Even the person who is the most difficult for you and I to love, God looks at that person with a heart filled with love, and he is poised to give them a brand new start, a new beginning. No, 
God is not going to erase all of the past. He's not going to take uh, all of our minds and, and take your past out of our minds. That's not going to happen. But he is going to offer a new beginning. I, for one, am so glad that the story of Zacchaeus appears in the scriptures. Not just because it's a good narrative, but because of the way it illustrates the heart of our God and the power of our God who will put a person back on a road to begin again, to start over. That's right. Jesus, with any person, with Jesus, they can begin again. With Jesus, there is always hope to let our past uh, not let our past define our present or our future. With Jesus, there is always enough grace, always enough mercy to move out of our past and into something new. We can't undo what we have said or done, but we can begin again. What a wonderful thing that is. Maybe this early in this sermon, somebody's thinking about something you have said or something you have done. And if success were guaranteed... You would absolutely love to begin again. You ache for it. You long for it. And to be able to lay down the heavy burden of guilt and shame sounds almost too good to be true maybe to you. It may be somebody else here saying, Oh, Pastor Ken, my circumstances are so very different than those of somebody thousands of years ago. Maybe you think in your mind, my circumstances are too far gone. It's too late. I can't have a new beginning. And I'm, I'm going to say that I'm, I believe God led me to preach this message especially for you, if that's you. I'm taking or talking especially to you today. And I ask you to open your mind for the next 15 minutes and give the Holy Spirit just enough room to work in your heart. I know you hurt, but this may be your chance to begin again. I ask you to think about it. I want to tell you how it happened for Zacchaeus. And I want to tell you how to begin again. First and foremost, I would tell you, trust Jesus to change your heart. It is in his heart to do so. Verses 5 through six, five and 6 tells us that when Jesus reached the spot where Zacchaeus was, he looked up, he said to Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and he welcomed him gladly. Now, an obvious but notable fact is that Zacchaeus did not deserve for Jesus to do what he did for him that day. Amen. He didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve to have Jesus come his way, but Jesus came his way anyway. He didn't deserve to have Jesus speak to him, but Jesus spoke to him anyway. He did not deserve to have Jesus invite him to have communion with him, to to have a relationship with him. But Jesus issued the invitation anyway. He didn't deserve the honor of having Jesus enter into his home, but Jesus came or, or offered to go to his home anyway. And he certainly did not deserve the mercy of God, but the Lord gave him mercy. It's just as true for you and me. Isn't it? Who here has ever deserved what Jesus does for you? I don't. I've never been worthy of the Lord. And so so often, uh, somebody shot me this uh, this morning. Uh, I, they, they shoot me random scripture verses. And, and I just thought, how apropos for me today, just to re- be reminded. Judge not, lest you be judged. Listen, I just want to tell you, all of us are unworthy of what God would do. And we can't look at somebody else's life and how they have lived. We can't look at a Zacchaeus in our world and and hate on them and say that there's no hope for them. Because I will tell you, Jesus loves them. 
And no, Zacchaeus didn't deserve what God did for them, but neither did we. And so all I know to do is to be grateful for the fact that Jesus did what I did not deserve for him to do for me. Please also take note that in this encounter, Jesus wasn't put off with Zacchaeus like everybody else was. See, Zacchaeus was the kind of guy when he walked down the street, people avoided him. They didn't talk to him. I think they probably didn't like making eye to- contact with him unless they glared at him in anger. They, I don't think they liked this guy at all. So Zacchaeus was pretty used to being ostracized and pushed off and people being put off with him. But Jesus wasn't put off by him. He wasn't put off by the fact that Zacchaeus was rich. He wasn't even put off by the fact that Zacchaeus was so sinful and got rich the way he did. Nothing was so bad in Zacchaeus' life that Jesus wouldn't or couldn't find him and change his heart and give him a brand new opportunity to begin again. There is no big hoopla recorded or production when Zacchaeus' heart changes. In fact, I'll tell you, nobody in the crowd noticed the heart change of Zacchaeus until Zacchaeus began to speak. We'll get to that in a few minutes. But first, let me just tell you how his heart was changed. It was what I just said. He allowed Jesus to change his heart. And it was as simple as this. Jesus came to Zacchaeus. He issued an invitation for a relationship and Zacchaeus acted on that invitation. That's all there was. That's all that happened. I want to say something. For some of you, time after time, Jesus has come to you and he has offered to commune with you, to have relationship with you. And he does so just now to some of you. You can feel his presence as he says your name, as he invites you to to let him come into your life and have a relationship with you. I will tell you as a pastor, this is what helps me preach. I know that Jesus will do his part. I simply have to tell you. And I know right now the Holy Spirit is faithful. And there are some of you whom he has been speaking to. And he is saying to you, I want to give you a new beginning. I want to help you start again. And I know he is doing with that. And here's what else I know about him. I know that he's not put off by what other people think about you. Other people's opinions do not shape his opinion of you. Aren't you glad for that? Otherwise, at the judgment, it'd be pretty confusing. Because there are people who like you and there are people who don't like you. (laughs) And boy, some people might speak up and say some terrible things. But Jesus doesn't care about any of that. He's not put off by other people's opinions. And I know that he's not put off by your guilt and shame, by your sadness. In fact, he's drawn to it because he loves you. Even your sinfulness or my sinfulness in and of itself doesn't put Jesus off. He will initiate a relationship if we will let him. It's what attracts him to you. So he's here today calling our names, offering a chance to begin again. And the first thing you must do, you have to, is trust in him that he can make a change in your heart. He can make your heart new and different. You do that by accepting his invitation, by moving toward him as Zacchaeus did. He rushed to Jesus 
And he welcomed him gladly. Secondly, and this is important, don't let people discourage you. God is greater than your sins. And he's certainly greater than the people who want to say all manner of bad things about you. Verse 7 says simply this. When all the people saw this, they began to mutter, he has gone to be a guest with a sinner. Remember what a sinner means. A sinner is a person with no hope. A sinner is too far gone. A sinner has messed up so badly that they can't possibly get to heaven. Jesus paid no attention to any of that designation by the religious leaders of the day. The church wasn't going to have the last word. It would be Jesus. And I will say to you folks, don't let people discourage you. Don't let people's opinion of you change this opportunity. As challenging as this may be, I'm going to ask you to put yourselves in Zacchaeus's shoes, little wee little shoes for just a few minutes, if you will. And I will remind you that more people rejected him than respected him. More people sneered at him than smiled at him. More people talked negatively about him than positively to him. He was reviled, not revered. And as I said earlier, when left alone with his thoughts, he probably couldn't have felt very proud of himself. It's a fairly safe assumption that when he tried to make him his, his way through the crowd, that there wasn't a whole lot of accommodation made for him. He wanted to get there, but because of the crowd, he couldn't see Jesus. He was too short and I, he couldn't get past the people. I'm sure they didn't make it easy for him. And so it's, I just imagine his this. His heart to want to see Jesus and him running to find this tree, a suitable place just to look at him. And that's all he wanted. He just wanted a glimpse. Now, I ask you to imagine how it felt for Zacchaeus when Jesus walked straight towards the tree that he was in. He's just hoping to see Jesus. Jesus and a large crowd is walking and suddenly Jesus fixes his eye on that sycamore tree and he makes his way straight to the tree. And then he looks up at him. Imagine how it must have felt when Jesus called him by name. How did he know? What's the, how does he know my name? And treated him like a real person. Spoke to him like a human being. Then to have Jesus honor him by going to his home or offering to go to his home and break bread with him. Well, that was life changing for him. You see, in that culture, in that day, when someone ate with you, it was a sign. It was a sign of re- friendship and relationship that was more than it is in our culture today. When you broke bread with somebody, it was a sign that you had a relationship with them. What did they talk about? Here's what I'm sure of, based on what I read about Jesus' encounters with people. He did not condemn Zacchaeus that day. He didn't lecture him about making his bad choices. Certainly it's clear that Jesus didn't ostracize him like everyone else wanted to do or write him off. And instead of glares of condemnation, Jesus sat at that table with him. And, and instead of snide comments, there was, there was openness in treating this man like a man. And Zacchaeus received kindness and love from Jesus. The love of Jesus is what transformed Zacchaeus that day. That's what changed everything. All the impact of the love of God. That's his heart. I will make a statement and then I will ask you a question. When the love of Jesus encounters a sin-hardened heart, it can melt like wax. Given any chance, the love of Jesus will miraculously transform people. My question to you, is have you allowed his love to transform you?
and give you a chance. Church, that is our incredible God. And that is his heart for people. Even the worst of people, quote unquote, he comes to and he invites and he offers a new start. What we can't miss here is the fact that no one but Jesus noticed the change in Zacchaeus' heart right away. In fact, Jesus was receiving criticism for making plans to share a meal with this sinner. And to all the people around him, when Zacchaeus climbed down that tree, he was still Zacchaeus. He was still the traitorous thief. He was still the guy. And and I need to say something to you guys. Listen to me, please. When Jesus Christ changes your heart and you purpose to begin again, there will be doubters in your life. There'll be many who at first will not be there to cheer you on. They'll look at you with suspicion. Many, even in the body of Christ, in churches, will take a, well, let me just wait and see. Whether or not they're real. Whether this is a real heart change. It's sad but true. And you, you might as well know it. That when, when you allow Jesus to change your heart. Not everybody is going to recognize it. Give you credit for it. And not the world is not going to stand up and applaud you. And say yay. I'm so glad for the change that is happening. No they'll want to see it. They'll want to see the proof. They'll wait for it. But that didn't change Jesus. Because Jesus knew the moment when Zacchaeus' heart was changed on the spot. He didn't let other people's opinions, Zacchaeus, I I should say, didn't let other people's opinions about him discouraging him from uh, beginning again. He knew what Christ had done. He knew something had happened in his heart. So he fixed his gaze on the one person who changed everything for him. And he made a decision. I'm going to live for this one. I'm going to live differently so let me point something out to you today about this story there was only one present one person present in this whole crowd that was able to change Zacchaeus's heart one who could deal with his sin and that is why Jesus was ever sent because he has the power to overcome sin He's the only human being who ever conquered it and destroyed its grip Jesus became a human being So that he could deal with our sin. He paid the price. That is God's heart. I love Matthew 13, 44. Jesus said this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all that he had and bought the field. And that's exactly what happened in Zacchaeus' heart. What am I saying? Zacchaeus climbed out of that tree. A different man. When he went up in the tree, he still had a heart that loved his riches, loved his wealth. And that's pretty much what he lived for. But by the time Jesus had issued the invitation, his heart changed so much that as he stood there before Jesus and people were criticizing the Lord for being willing to go eat dinner with a sinner, Zacchaeus, suddenly his priorities were totally changed. And he looked at his wealth and he made an announcement. Jesus, here and now, Half of what I own, I'm just going to give to the poor. Here and now, I announce all of my wealth, I'm splitting it in two, and I'm going to give it to the poor. Now, how many of us would be willing to sign up to do that today? Go home, figure out what you're worth, take half of your value, and just give it to poor people. 
Wouldn't be a whole lot of us getting in that line, would there? Some of you are laughing and saying the poor people would stay poor if I gave half of what I got. But, but I'm just saying, you know, what would happen if you took all of your worth and you say, I'll give half of it away. But something even greater happened in this man. And that's what I kind of segues into uh, my next point. This verse that I'm reading here in Matthew reminds me that something changed in the heart of, of Zacchaeus here because he, he found this pearl, this, this precious thing in Jesus Christ. And suddenly all that he loved so much didn't matter nearly as much to him anymore. It's hard to change. And here's what I want to encourage you to do. When Christ comes into your heart, do things God's way. Walk the walk, walk the road of righteousness. And I shared with you what Zacchaeus had said. If he gave half of his possessions to the poor. And then if I have cheated anybody out of anything. I will pay it back four times the amount. Now more than likely before the end of the day. Many of the people who were doubting Zacchaeus. Left there knowing something had happened. Because on the spot he did a very courageous thing. As I said he split his money. His, his uh, wealth and gave half of it to the poor. He, or he announced that he was going to. It didn't have the same significance to him anymore. His heart had already left his old ways behind. He was trying trying on God's way of doing things. So notice with me that God's way isn't always or necessarily the easy way. For Zacchaeus, it was a rather large sacrifice. As I said, how many of us would sign up to do what he did? But farther than that, farther than giving away half of his possessions, since he was known as a cheater, what he said, he made this announcement. If anybody here thinks I cheated them, I will give them four times back the amount that I took from them. So if I came up to Ron's house as a tax collector and, and I, I said, well, he owes 100 but I'm taking 300 then I would give him back 300 Times four, if I were doing what Zacchaeus did. There's significance in this. If a person stole from their neighbor, the, the Mosaic law was this, the Old Testament law was this. If a person stole from their neighbor what they were to do, if they started to feel remorse and recognize what they have done is wrong, as they would go to their neighbor, they would confess that they had taken from them, and they were obligated to pay back whatever they stole plus one-fifth of its value as interest. They'd have to pay it back that way. However, if the neighbor found out that somebody stole from them and the person was denying it, that neighbor was able to uh, see or, or prove in court that they had stolen. Then the, the, the obligation on the person who was found guilty was to pay it back fourfold. Zacchaeus was standing there in front of everybody saying, we're not going to, we're going to cut through all of that. I have cheated you. So anybody here that I have cheated, I'm going to give you four times back what I have taken from you. He put it on the line there that day because his wealth suddenly wasn't so important to him. What was important to him was something had happened in his heart. He had found the pearl of great price. He had found Jesus and he wanted a new beginning. So he parted ways with his old way. And he embraced the Lord. And I don't know if this impoverished him or not. Because we don't read anything more about Zacchaeus. I hope to meet him in heaven. And I hope to ask him how things went afterward. I imagine it wasn't easy all the way. But let me make a promise to you. You do things God's way. And you walk on the road of righteousness. It will get better eventually. And God will bless you. 
and he will care for you. Do it the right way. Walk with God and God will do wonderful things for you in all of this. I look at what Zacchaeus has done or did there on the spot. And I love what Jesus said. Jesus, who can look into the heart of a person, looked at Zacchaeus and said, salvation has come to you. Then he announced to everybody around there. And he is a child of Abraham. A significant thing for somebody who was written off and hated. God made it all new. And Zacchaeus was able to begin again. So although we don't hear from Zacchaeus after this, I wonder how the rest of those, his life worked out. I wonder if he became regular in the worship fellowship assemblies. I wonder if he is in heaven right now. I, if he followed the road he started on, he certainly was. If he, if he went through with his new beginning, he certainly is with the Lord. And I think he did begin again. I think the Lord changed things for him. So now, let me ask you. Do you need a new beginning? Do you need to start over? You won't get a mulligan, but do you need a new beginning? I want to tell you, we have an incredible God with the incredible heart to help people start over again. You can have a fresh start today. You can begin brand new. Do you hear him calling you? And will you move from where you are and take a public step to begin again? That's what Zacchaeus did. It was very public. And I'm not asking you to stand up and say, okay, I'm going to give half I have to the poor or any of that. I'm asking you, if you hear the Lord calling you and you're ready to begin again, would you have the courage to acknowledge that the Lord is speaking to you? Joe, would you come to the platform for us and just play something, if you will? I want to know if there's anybody here willing or ready to let... um, let Jesus give you that new beginning. And you're just ready to try things God's way, to, to walk on a road of righteousness, a new road for you, a brand new start. I hope if you got nothing else out of this story, maybe you'll go home and read Luke 19 again. You'll remember that Jesus is poised to give you a brand new beginning. Oh, he loves us today.